Hey, before we begin, a quick reminder that today's episode is made possible in part by the Todd and Stephanie Schnick Foundation. Find us at schnickfoundation.org. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Let's go, y'all. You are listening to The Foundation Podcast. Our goals are to help you build the foundation to live your best life, help solve problems, better serve humanity, and to become a beacon to help inspire change. We connect you with today's leaders, affecting positive and impactful global change. And now, here are your hosts, Todd and Stephanie Schnick. Welcome back to the Foundation Podcast. I am your host, Todd Schnick. As you know, my friends, I've invited some good friends of mine to come onto the show and share some wisdom with us as we go through these really tricky times. We're all, as we record this, we're still in the throes of the pandemic, which has resulted in some really tricky economic times. And also, as we record this, we're going through a very, very important national dialogue around race and all that that implies. So this is just some odd times. And So I thought I'd share uh, some friends of mine with you and have them share with you some bits of wisdom and how to kind of think about this, how to change mindsets, how to kind of get through it. So it's going to be a great conversation today, a guy I can always count on to to, uh, come on the show and share some knowledge. Uh, To welcome back Peter Shankman. He's the futurist for Epic Marketing and a speaker and bestselling author. Peter, my friend, welcome back. Hey, good to be here. How are you? I'm doing great. I do appreciate, uh, I can always count on you to come on the show. So I appreciate you making time. So for those listening who might not be familiar, take a few quick seconds to remind them about who you are. I have no idea who I am. Um, I am a, uh, so I am a futurist, which means I, I like to think about things 20, 30, 40, 100, 200 years in the future, where we're going to go and how we're going to get there and what we're going to do to get there. I am probably best known for having started and sold a company called Help Reporter Out or Harrow which sort of changed how journalists and sources uh, connected with each other. I am a best-selling author. I have, I have uh, four books on marketing and one on ADHD, which includes a podcast called Faster Than Normal, focusing on the gifts of neurodiversity as opposed to the curses of it. I, I like to believe that my ADHD is responsible for the majority of my success. I live in New York. I travel around the world. Well, I did up until about three months ago. I have an amazing seven-year-old daughter who I have been homeschooling for the past three months and has found, have found out that every teacher she's ever had has lied to me. She is, in fact, not a pleasure to have in class. But it is a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm having a great time. So that's sort of my story. The, uh, I think the most important thing we've all learned through this process is how important those teachers really, really are. So, oh, my God. They should be getting hazard pay. So I'm already getting off my script because I love to talk to people that consider themselves futurists. And I'm talking about people such as yourself, such as like the Kevin Kellys of the world, all of that. In this time of the pandemic where you spent a lot of abnormal time, like we're not traveling on business like you would normally be doing or we're at home spending more time than we would normally be or everything's changed just because our routines and our habits are all uh, been disrupted. I feel like this is a great time to be spending that found time thinking about the future. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Shouldn't we all become much more serious futurists in this kind of time? Well, I think we should have done that years ago. You know, they mm. say the best time to plant a tree is 50 years ago and the next best time is right now. But um, I think that it's interesting to see where we are because would any of us have expected this in January? I mean, right. well, I think, I think after we nearly went to war with, who the hell are we going to war with Iran back in January? I think we knew that we were in for a pretty fucked up year, but no one could have ever imagined this. And so, you know, no one thought about this, but we did. Once it started happening, I started thinking, okay, where's this going to go, right? And, and the first thing I noticed, you know, as I sit here in my in my apartment, 
for three months now. I, I, I pay for an office in Midtown that I've been to, I think, a total of four hours in the past three months. And so I look out of my window on the, from the 56th floor here and I see the entire city and I'm wondering how much of that commercial real estate is going to be needed, right? What happens when HSBC people go back to work and they realize that 30,000 of their employees are actually not, don't need to have an office, right? So I think we're going to see a massive shift in real estate. I think we're going to see a massive shift in, in what we consider uh, fun. You know, we're seeing right now what happens when idiots think that the rules don't apply to them and they go out and they go to bars and, you know, all of a sudden there's 400 new cases. Florida just today announced the largest number of cases, so did Arizona. So it's, it's, we're learning, okay, we can't just go back to normal. So the question that we should all be looking at is, what are the changes going to be, right? What's going to happen to things like Dave and Buster's? Well, they're probably history, right? So and if that's the case, what happened to, you know, Disney Plus was expecting uh, to get to 500 million subscribers or something like that within, um, within, I think they said 18 months, they got to 500 million subscribers by April. So if you look at, or 50 million, I remember the number, but anyway, if you look at things like that, it's like, we have to start thinking about not so much how are we going to survive, you know, if, I don't know, if you fall overboard on a boat, your first thought is, okay, how do I stay alive? But once you survive, the next step should be, how do I prevent this from happening again? And I don't think a lot of us, I don't think enough of us think about that. I yeah. think that way too many of us spend so much time thinking about what do I do right this second that we forget to think about the next six months, 10 years, whatever. Well, I mean, this has been so disruptive for so many people and for many, a lot more disruptive than say you and I who have steady careers and can shelter in place pretty comfortably. Maybe not like it, but we can do it and it doesn't really affect us long-term. But for a lot of people, it has been really, really disruptive, really lost a job or their company is never going to come back. But I think one of the things we have to do here, part of the problem with this is we just don't know what's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen. And so that causes a lot of anxiety. How important is mindset here in terms of you? this is the time to develop the muscle in your head to really think about how do I have to decide to have a positive mindset and I have to think about how I'm going to look at all this as a tremendous opportunity for a really big, cool, potentially positive change, right? Well, a couple of things I think we got to think about. Number one, I hate when people start to, oh, when we go back to work, bitch, I've been working. I've been working my ass off for the past three months. Don't tell me when I go back to work, right? You, you go back to an office. But I think number two, we have to look at the fact that this has been very difficult and no one has expected this. And, you know, I said to, I was talking to one of my daughter's friend's parents and um, I said, oh, I'm trying to make sure that, you know, we do this and then we have a 10 a.m. Uh, yoga class together and then 11 a.m. we're going to walk and then we're going to work from then and do schoolwork. I'm like... No, you're not. Like, it sounds like, it sounds great, but you're not going to fucking do that. And you're not going to do that because you've never done homeschooling before. And stop being so damn hard on yourself. It's totally okay. The kid's going to watch too much TV, and she's going to be on her iPad too much, and she's going to eat too much ice cream, and life's going to go on, and they're not going to die, and they'll be fine, because none of us have dealt with this shit before. Right. And we sit there, yes, it is a great opportunity. I I'm so thrilled about the time that I've had to spend with my daughter. It's I've had three months with her almost nonstop. It's been wonderful. But that doesn't, just because that's been great, and yes, I am fortunate. I have a place to live. I have a place to shelter in place, all that. But I'm also five inches away for eight hours a day, an hour for 24 hours a day now from my, from my refrigerator. <laughs> and, and nothing good comes of that. I actually put a sign up in the refrigerator that when I open it, I see this sign that I wrote that says, you're not hungry, you're bored, close the door. And is that a problem equivalent to not having a place to live? Of course not, but it's still a valid problem, right? And so I think that, we need to, number one, start being a little bit easier on ourselves. Yeah, this, this sucks. It does. 
but it'll get better, right? It'll get different and we'll survive it. But, you know, to sit there and say, oh, I'm going to, I have three months. I'm going to learn Chinese. No, you're fucking not. <laughs> right? I am, I am thrilled that I've gained three pounds of pure muscle along with my five pounds of fat. All right? Because you know what? Those three pounds of muscle, I didn't have those before. That's my win. Right? So I think the first thing you need to do is stop being so goddamn hard on ourselves. We're not going to come out of this, you know, learning six different languages and, and being able to uh, solve for world peace. It's not going to happen. We're, this is not doing what we normally are used to doing is stressful as hell. And we need to get used to that. I think that will be the new normal because the societies and culture is never going to be the same. And that's okay. And you have to just understand, you have to adapt to that. To those who I feel for are all these graduates who are a few months ago had a, had a relatively strong economy to move into and all of a sudden that's all changed. So those that are looking at this new reality, this new normal, who are considering, well, shoot, is this a time for a career change or is this a time to kind of change the area of study I was going to do in college? What, what do you say to someone like that who's contemplating kind of reevaluating their whole plan going forward? I think that one of the things you need to understand is that when I was in school, the jobs that we have today didn't exist. If you told me that I'd be creating content for a living, I would have thought, yeah, I'm going to be a photographer, right? I'll be working for the Associated Press or for Playboy or whatever. Two years after getting out of school, or, or no, it's God, a year after getting out of school, I wound up working for America Online. They helped launch the newsroom. I didn't know what a digital newsroom was when I was in college. So the, the jobs that people are training for today, they don't exist yet. So one of the things we need to do is create those jobs. We need to figure out what is going to be huge in wherever, you know, in 20 years, in 10 years, in whatever. And um, how are we going to do that? So I think that we can look at where we are today and say, okay, I see this happening and this will become whatever, right? So maybe I should be looking at that. But could you imagine talking to someone in 1986 and saying, yeah, I mean, people who live on islands and they, and they program websites for a living and they, you know, they work two hours a day. And they, come on. People, digital nomads. What the hell is a digital nomad? <laughs> So I'm excited to see what's going to happen then. Yeah, yeah. No, I am too. I, see, I'm trying really hard. I really try to discipline myself to look at this as a positive opportunity to accept and or make change. And, and I think that that's how you have to go about this to accept this tricky, difficult time. Hey, I would love you to comment on, as we record this, it's a few weeks following the, the, the passing of George Floyd, and, and which has resulted in a lot of heartfelt and tricky and difficult conversation and protesting and, and the discussion. Any com I know it's an issue that you care about. Any, any comments on that? Anyone who's listening, who's trying to figure out their place in this big discussion, what are your thoughts on it? I think that no one's ever gone wrong by asking to learn more before they talk. I think we're seeing way too many people jump in posting black photos or, you know, just black squares on their Instagram or whatever. And that, not really understanding sort of what it is. And I'm the first woman, I don't understand it entirely as well. I mean, I grew up in New York City. I grew up in Manhattan. I went to a, a public high school and I was surrounded by people of all colors that never really, I never really thought anything of it. But it was normal to me, but I also never really thought of, of what it must, must, might be like to live and walk in someone else's shoes. And so I think the first thing we can do more than anything else is just to listen to other people and gain more perspective. Now, that being said, find someone you trust and ask them, you know, of a different color or whatever, ask them for their perspective. But one of the best things you can do is stop wasting your time trying to convert other people on Facebook or on social media because it's not going to happen. I've given up. I am not going to sit there and if you support candidate X and I support candidate Y, I'm not going to try to change your mind. Right. right. And I'm at the point now where I think we're so divided that, so, oh, you know, you should try to make sure you should try to... No, I'm not because I have better things to do than try to explain to you why you're a racist or why 
putting children in cages is not just a nice thing to do. And, and I'm just, I'm not going to, if you're, by this point, if you're still ingrained with a certain level of, a certain side of politics, nothing this kid from New York City is going to say is going to change that. Yeah. So I'm not going to waste my time. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to support, I'm going to spend that time supporting movements that I believe are beneficial and can help make change. If you're an entrepreneur and you're assessing this economy that we're going to be facing, it's going to be a long, slow climb to get back to any sense of normalcy. What do you say to that entrepreneur who's trying to understand their place in, in this economy? Keep going. Yep. Keep pushing forward. Keep pushing forward. Keep pushing forward. After every, every single recession or crash, whatever, there's always been a, um, a study that comes out. The study always says, without question, people who focus and spend money on promotion and marketing and things like that during the downtimes tend to be much, much better when things get back to normal. So keep focusing, keep working, keep learning, right? No, again, you're not going to learn Chinese, but you know, keep figuring out, listen to people. The, the indigenous uh, Indians had a, had a wonderful phrase, listening to the wind. They'd stop and they'd listen to the, um, just, they'd just stop and they'd just listen, right? To the ground, the air, to the wind. Listen to the wind. What are people saying? Not what, what is social media saying, not what is Fox News or CNN saying. What are people saying? Right? What are people you're talking to saying? Right? Call people you haven't spoken to a while. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them what they're worried about, what they're thinking about. Put together ideas based on that. As we go through this pandemic, are you still training for this uh, Ironman? I am. I'm training for Ironman, the World Championships in Kona, Hawaii. It was originally supposed to be in October. It's been moved to February because of the virus. I am training. I am, you know, again, being a single dad and spending most of my time at home with my daughter, I, it's been very hard for me to get out and run or bike. And of course, there are no pools open anymore, so no swimming. So I've been, I have a Peloton bike and a Peloton treadmill. I've had those for three years and they are saving my life in so many ways, physically, emotionally, mentally. I was up at 4.15 this morning, did a hard 21 miles in an hour on a bike, felt amazing. It's, it's the greatest feeling in the world is, is hitting your calorie goal on your Apple Watch before you've gotten in the shower. And it's, yeah, it's keeping me sane. I mean, my ADHD, it's pretty mandatory that I work out. And so to do something like that, to get that exercise in, saves me, saves me. And it just, in so many ways, my God. Well, that's where I was going by asking about the, the training was how important is that physical exercise and that movement right now? And I think it's, as you said, I mean, it's, it's game changing and it helps you survive and, and stay sane. So I wanted uh, the Iron Man to himself to kind of convey that message. No, you got to do it, man. Because that's the other thing is like, you know, what I realized is that I was like, man, I've been, I've been exercising so much during this pandemic. Why am I so much weight? And I realized, because I'm not walking the eight or nine or 10 miles I do every day when I was outside going to office, going to meetings, going to the airport. Right. I was averaging like literally like 20, 30,000 steps a day. And that's just gone, right? So the, I have to be on the bike. Oh my God, can you imagine if I wasn't working out? I'd be a fucking Oompa Loompa. <laughs> What's been the biggest lesson as we wrap this quick chat? What's been the biggest lesson for Pete Shankman going through uh, all these challenges? You can't control the world. You can't control other people's react. All you can do is control your reaction to what happens out there. And so let that stuff hit you. Absorb it. Don't try to fight. Roll with it. Keep working on you. I think it goes back to the thing I heard the very first time is that if you don't take care of yourself first, nothing else matters. Right. That's the first lesson. The second lesson is just in terms of walking down the street and seeing the number of people without masks. There are, the majority of people are just in rude right? And selfish motherfuckers. It's like, I'm so sick of seeing people without masks. I, I'm, I ordered a bunch of masks that should be arriving sometime soon. And they all say, this is a mask. Please put yours on. Nice. Nice. Even humans can turn something like that into a political gesture. It just drives me insane. It's like, I'm like, you guys are honestly sitting there. You're thinking of this vibe. I used to date a, um, a uh, 
PhD candidate. It was that national PhD. She got it in um, uh, cellular. I'm totally spacing. It's something, something much smarter than me, right? <laughs> and we were talking a couple months ago. We're still friends, and she's like, she's like, I love that people think that this virus like cares whether you're a, a Democrat or Republican. A virus it needs a host. That's all it wants. Right. The virus is your aunt who comes over and eats you at a house and home, and when she's when there's no more food, she goes to another house. That's what this virus is. That's all it is. I feel it's sad that how small must some, someone's worldview be to believe that every single doctor and scientist in the world is lying to them? Yeah. You know, yeah. but hey, I hope, I, hope they, I hope they 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 see the light. Yep, me too. Peter, before I let you go, should anyone need to connect with you and learn more about your work, where do they go? I am at Peter Shankman on all the socials. The podcast is fasterthenormal.com. My life is shankman, shankman.com. And then I have shankminds.com, which is my master. Any of those places. Peter Shankman, futurist for epic marketing and speaker and author. Peter, my friend, as always, great to connect. Thanks for making time and good luck getting through all this. Thanks for having me, Todd. Stay well. Uh, you as well. All right, it's all the time we have for today. Again, on behalf of my guest, Peter Shankman, I am Todd Schnick. We'll see you soon on The Foundation Podcast. The Foundation Podcast is produced by Intrepid Media and is made possible in part by the Todd and Stephanie Schnick Foundation. Learn more by visiting schnickfoundation.org. And thank you for listening. Now, get out there and do some good. And we'll see you next time. 